0: Hello, Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean.
1: Hello, Moto America fans. Welcome to this latest edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I am Bice in Central Ohio, not too far from Pittsburgh uh, International Race Complex, where we all were last weekend. And Paul is back, uh, snug as a bug in a rug, out there in Southern California, probably enjoying the sunshine. We got a little sunshine here too, so it's not too bad. Um, Paul, uh, I had I drove to this one. You know, I actually sometimes I don't get home before you when I drive because you go back in time when you go to California but this time I think I got home a little bit before you but um, we both got home in a decent hour on Monday so um, but that's about as far well no actually next week next next event when we go to New Jersey that's pretty much as far as you fly from Southern California to well Southern New Jersey right?
2: Yeah I think that's uh, I don't think I go much farther than that. The Pittsburgh thing I, it's funny I, I make when I make my plane reservations, every st- every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to take the earliest flight so I can get home. Well, uh, I'm going to start not doing that because that the Pittsburgh thing was so early. I think we left the hotel at 4.45 in the morning or something ridiculous. That. Yeah. And then, terrible. you know, you, you get home earlier, but you're kind of shattered anyways. There's not much you can do. So, um, right. yeah, for New Jersey, we actually booked that not so long ago. We're going to um, come back a bit later, which makes sense.
1: Yeah. So we got a couple weeks off here before New Jersey. And then I think there's one week before that one. And then the final round at Barber, but man, it's coming right down to it. And we've been saying a lot of the teams have been saying too, that it's, it's been a really quick season. I don't really understand why. I mean, they always say when you get older, things go by quicker, but I don't think that's it. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but didn't it fly by quick to you?
2: Yeah, it did. I think maybe it's just the, I hate to say post pandemic, but I mean, it, uh, it, it might have something to do with that, you know, just like everybody's kind of more back to normal than they've been for the past few years. So, um, and with normal comes, you know, I don't know, but it, it, it just seemed like it went by quickly. It, we, it doesn't seem that long ago we were at Coda and, and now we're going to Jersey and then, and then Barbara and wrapping things up. So, but it, yeah. it's, you know, it's been a wonderful year so far and, and it's certainly going to be an exciting finish because, the majority of the championships are still really close. And, you know, especially the, the Superbike championship. I mean, you can't get more, you can't get closer than what that is right now. So yeah, it's going to be a fun couple of races here to finish things up. And, and then, you know, we start planning for next year before, you know, it will be, we'll be back at Daytona and, and doing the thing again. So
1: yeah. and I know the new schedule for 2023 is being worked on now. I think the hope is it's going to be out around Barber, um, but which which would be good and it'll be interesting to see what we're doing next year. i I would expect that a lot of it would still be the same, but um, we'll we'll certainly find out on that. Um, well let's let's talk about our guest that we have on today. It's Colin Barton from Bartcon Racing and he is also the owner of Bartcon Construction. and that's a side of it. I've talked to Colin a little bit in the paddock but we usually talk uh a lot about racing and I've never really spoke to him about what his business is so um there's a lot that we could find out about him but he uh has Dominic Dominic Doyle who races for him on a Yamaha YZF R7 in Twins Cup and Dom actually had a good weekend this past weekend he was on the podium on Sunday um and he, and he's also you know he's also racing in Supersport too. We'll get into that a little bit later, but let's let's bring Colin in. So Colin is uh, Colin. So there is a you probably know the album that Sting did called "An Englishman in New York," but you're an Irishman in New York. Is that right? That's right, guys. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, that's right. Irishman in hey. New York. Uh, came out here in '91. Thirty-one. Okay. Thirty-one years ago, I landed in the Big Apple. Yeah. What, what brought you to America? How did that all come about? And were you, were you in construction in Ireland? Ireland, I assume so.
0: Yeah, I left school young and I went to, a, it was in an Ironworks. And I was actually, believe it or not, I was overseas when my brother and sister, who'd already lived here, applied for uh, citizenship. And part of that, they got an amnesty for anybody else in their family. And I kind of won a raffle. It was called a Domini visa, I believe, if I remember correctly. So that's, that's how I ended up coming to New York. I was actually over in, in, in Europe,
1: somewhere misbehaving. So, but, so listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my neck out here because I never know how to ask this or when to, but I do know for a fact that Jeremy McWilliams is an Ulsterman. Are you an Ulsterman? I'm not, no. That's Pete. Uncle Pete is an Ulsterman. I'm from the South. I'm from Dublin. You're ah, from I'm Dublin. From, okay. Yeah, gotcha.
0: Jeremy, I mean, Jeremy's from Belfast, I think, from Uri. Um,
1: yeah, he, that's exactly where he's from. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you know you, you, know, my, you know Pete that works with me. Pete's from the same neck of the woods.
1: Yes, Pete, exactly. we would be neighbors, yeah. Do those guys
0: talk funny in the North? Uh, well, I think everyone talks funny all over that country. And then we come here you now, you guys talk funny. <laughs> we sure do.
1: We sure <laughs> do. <laughs> a, lot
0: of, a lot of funny accents going around. Well, you know what? New York City is the melting pot of the world, really. So, I mean... Everyone has access now. You, you can get paramedics and ambulances, cops, you know, there's no, all the Americans are dead. They were called the Apache to sue and, and you know, the Indians are all gone. So it's all, it's all tourists now.
2: Right. You know, one thing I've noticed, one thing I've noticed this year, Colin, and, and you're probably more familiar with it than anybody. You haven't really had the luck of the Irish in 2022 as far as the racing goes. Oh, that
1: is
0: true.
2: I guess we have to talk about this, right? Yeah, let's talk about that.
0: You know what? It, it's it's very very simple, and I'm not gonna I'm not I don't want to be negative or, or start crying about it. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is we got into the twins club very very late because we we didn't know what we were doing with the super Sport package because the year before we had rolled ZX6, which was another bad year because at the start of it Dominic managed to uh, break his wrist, and um, so at the end of that year. We were waiting to find out what the specs were going to be for the Kawasaki in, in the Super Sports Series for this season. And they were, to be honest with you, they were a long time coming to find out what was going to go on with, with the likes of, of velocity sacks and, and cams and stuff. And then the, like, the, we couldn't get the answer fast enough, so myself and Mike made a decision and said, you know what, fuck this, we're going to go with the R7. Excuse my French. But we then we jumped on the R7 package late in the game and kind of scrambled to get to get parts to get motors built and um, but at, at that stage it was uh, that was it we were doing that or we were doing nothing so we proceeded and we had some motors built by sam mcdonald out on the west coast not west coast but out the west side and we got we got everything together we only got one shakedown of the bike which was in uh, crescent in texas and then we went out and we went to Daytona. And that was the start of this year's series. And as far as having bad luck, yeah, we, we didn't have the power we should have had in the first race. Dominic went out in the second race. And I believe I might have been Corey Ventura's bike might have dumped a bit of oil on the track. But I know Dominic went down in the siding at a warm-up lap, came back in, with the said the bike was fine. There was a red flag, actually, if you remember correctly, in the second race at Daytona. A lot of bikes. And um, Dominic uh, went down on, on, on some, uh, either it was either water or coolant or, or oil. But the bottom line is, he came in and I asked him, is he okay on, on, the, on the siding lap? And he said, yeah, two comes up, went out in the warm up lap, two comes up. He went off at the start of the race into turn two, throttle straight open. We picked up a stone that got cut inside in, in the throttle on, on the handlebar, which is but a bike was pinned, pinned flat out. He was going straight across the, the grass to the other side of the International Horseshoe, and the only thing to do was to just get off the bike, and he had to ditch it. And that was, that was the start of our season. Thank you, Daytona. Yeah. Then, then we went, uh, we, we didn't have the power at Road America, really either, which is a real big power track, you know? and. After that, we just had it was just bad luck after bad luck. As Dominic says, SOL shit out of luck. Yeah. yeah. But then we threw a, we, we threw a bottom. We tra- bottom end bearing on the left on the Conrad. That was, I believe, that was uh, that was at the ridge. Thought it was thought it was fuel starvation. Changed out the pump. Went out on the bike and completely wrecked the motor. So now we're scrambling, which is why we didn't make brainer to get two motors, and thank you so much from Chuck Giacchetto and, and Tom Harverson helped us out so much to, to get us back to where we are last week at Pittsburgh. I can't thank the guys enough as far as getting parts and just getting it squared away. And we've finally gotten Dom now onto, onto a bike where he can show his talent, you know? I mean, Dominic said it at the end of race two yesterday, uh, sorry, not yesterday, but last week that had the race went full, full term, he thinks he might have been able to, to win it. He was, he was, you know, he was gaining on the guys. It was a great race.
1: But, you know, you know, Colin, that Yamaha R7 this year, I mean, it's really, I know they introduced it last year. I remember Jackson Blackman, I think was the first one to ride on it, but for sure that bike is very stout this year. I mean, that, obviously they swept the podium um, on Sunday at Pittsburgh, but you know, the Aprilia RS660 has been kind of the bike to be there at least it was last year obviously won the championship but Yamaha stepped up that that bike is definitely different from that MT-07 even though it's supposed to be just a few things with it turning it from kind of a street bike into a a, you know a sport bike but it it certainly is doing a good job and to your point about Dom saying it's a good you know he could have won it I mean he he must be pretty happy to ride it huh yeah yeah no absolutely
0: and Again, going back to how the season's gone so far, I mean, I can't blame Dominic for any of it because, you know, the, the, Dominic is so talented, you know. It breaks my heart to see him coming off, coming off the track, not in the top five. And even at that, fourth or fifth kind of pisses both of us off. Um, and on the Aprilia thing, I mean, I think the concept of Aprilia launching into this Twins Cup was it was kind of plug and play deal with that. You buy the bike, you get on it and you go. You know, it was kind of ready to race kind of scenario. Whereas there is quite a bit of work you got to put into the R7 to compete against the Aprilia, and so much. I mean, a few people had, had approached me at the end of the of last of the season before, asking me about you know, would Dan be interested in, in riding a bike and essentially Aprilias, and you know, I, and then of course it's not the most for free. So I said, hang on a second, if we're going to give that kind of money to, for down to ride an Aprilia, why can't we just go and Our own R7 stuff, you know. So that's that's why we're on the Uh, end at the moment.
1: Now, let's go back a little bit with Dominic Doyle because you, we know you think a lot of him, Paul and I do too. Um, we've you know, even before he raced for you, we were paying attention to him a lot, and he's a good rider when he raced in Junior Cup. Um, took it to uh Rocco Landers a few times. Um, So how did you originally get started with Dominic? And by the way, he's from South Africa, as we know. Is Doyle an Irish last name? Or am I wrong about that?
0: No, no, big time, yeah. Doyle's a big
1: time Irish name, yeah. That's what I thought. So did that have anything
0: to do with it? Well, I don't, you know, in fairness, I mean, it's South Africa. You know, I think most of the white people down there don't have regular, like, local names, if you know what I mean. Right. And did he have anything to do with what? Oh, did it have anything to do with his last name? Absolutely not, no. Well, but how did you get started with him? How did you get, get to know him? I can tell you exactly how it happened. Um, Don was at the track struggling on a 400. It was there himself and his stepdad, Teo, great guy. Um, they were essentially working out the back of a, of a, of a Ford Econoline. This was three, three years ago, maybe. And I, I, I don't need to mention a kid's name. Anyone that knows the story knows who it is. But there was a kid riding for me who, whose father turned around one night and, and – thought it was a good idea to rent another team's bike that didn't have a rider, which, of course, straight fucking sent me off the fucking rails. I'm like, whoa, time out. Why? We're renting somebody else's bike? Why? What's wrong with mine? And, and you know what? That's, that is a typical father-son thing, uh, 90% of the time, but it might be a little less. There's a lot of, oh, it's not my kid, it's your bike type of thing. So I went nuts. I mean, I was so pissed. And I was like, I was, I was ready to quit. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done. Sorry. I have the guys using your beeper later on. um, I called up at the time, Jason Farrell and, and, and Dustin. God rest him. It was his birthday
1: yesterday, actually. Yes. We're happy working. birthday.
0: Yeah. Happy birthday, Dusty. So they were working with me and they were talking me down. Cause I was like done. I'm like, I'm selling everything. Fuck these guys. I, you know, meh. I was, Oh, I, I, I was losing it. And then Dustin kind of talked me down and said, what do you think about Dominic? I'm like, yeah, I love Dominic. He's a great kid. He goes, well, why don't we, why don't we call him up? So I called up mom and uh, it took her all of 0.536 of a second to say, yes, I could hear Dominic in the background going, yeah. So <laughs> I well, you know what? It was probably the best thing that ever happened to Barcon Race, you know, and um, anyone, like I said, anyone that, anyone that has to ask the question of who the kid is in this scenario doesn't really need to know. There's everybody else that does know, if you know what I mean, so. Uh, and I don't, because I don't want to be bad when we're talking about people but it was, the, it was the best thing that ever happened to the Barcon race and, and we haven't looked back you know great season the following year uh, Dom came second ago. we actually won both races at the opener and, and got protested for our ECU which came back clean which is a badge I wear with great honour to be accused of cheating because I actually took it as an insult because when someone says hey, you're cheating they're pretty much telling you you can't build a bike as good as they can so I was like, right. that's exactly what, that's, that's what they're saying, you know. So we got protested. We, we, we won our protests. We were clean. Words were, words were had. Words were said. People got pissed off. I could give a shit. But uh, we, we, you know, we have a clean record. And like I said, we haven't looked back. Tom's a great kid. He, he rides his heart out. And right now where we are today is just after two, two seasons of real. I'm not going to say this season because it's not over yet. But last year it was... Wasn't great. And this year isn't being great, but hopefully we can close on a bang because it's very important for me to be able to showcase Dominic to beyond me bark on racing. You know, it's very important for other people to see what the kid is doing, which is, which is why, uh, I thought it was a good idea to let him go out and race on that 600 for Jesse. You know, Jesse, Jesse's a great guy. Disrupt racing. Jesse called me and asked me, would you be interested in letting Dom, ride a few, few 600 races, the end of the season and I said 100% once it doesn't have a major conflict with us I mean essentially we're, we're not doing anything other than again to showcase Dominic's talent for the rest of the year and, and trying to get some good results on the R7 so you know I made the decision that yeah absolutely you know I mean especially with this one, one twin race scenario which is quite annoying but I don't want to get into that to be honest with you but I've been told yeah. that it's going to be addressed for next year how they address it I don't know but I, I don't even I don't even know if be there next year in the twins. song
1: sorry, let me let me clarify this for the fans and a lot of them know, but so right now the situation with Dominic Doyle is he's racing for Bartcon Ra- racing in Twins Cup on a Yamaha YZFR7, but actually he's also racing for disrupt racing, Jesse Wilka, who Colin mentioned, um, on a GSXR 600, which actually happens to be Carl Soltis' old bike, Carl switched to a 750, and now Dom is on a a 600, one of the only Suzuki 600s that still exists, and the bike is pretty stout, so, you know, Colin, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, let me just kind of divert to this for a second, and it's okay for you to... We're, we're, we were all wondering, we didn't know, and I'm still looking at it in this whole super sport generation. And it's amazing how it's come around with what Rocco's done on a 600 and, you know, Dominic's doing okay on a 600. He's learning the bike. Um, And I don't know. I mean, obviously it looks like Heron's going to win on that 955, and he'll, he'll be the first one to tell you that the things been, been, uh, you know, balanced back quite a bit. Um The seven fifties are pretty stout. Those Suzuki's. But, you know, where do you think we are with this super sport situation now? Because I know that contributed somewhat to you having Dom race in Twins Cup because there were a lot of unknowns with that super sport class. So give us a little bit of a rundown on that, if you would.
0: Well, I mean, myself and Michael from Triple Strong Racing, who builds our motors, we, we, we again, we, we, it was too gray. It wasn't clear enough for us to make a decision on whether we were going to do the 600 program because uh, they hadn't, they actually hadn't, they hadn't officially announced that the 750 was homologated or the Lucati for that matter. They were talking about an NBA Gusta, I believe, too, and also some triples, right? So, you know, we were, we were reaching out to Teague on a regular basis. And I can't blame Teague either because he wasn't getting the information himself, which I believe coming from FIM Europe. And um, so not, not having enough information to put together a proper package. We, and looking at the talent that we knew was coming up in the Twins Cup. Because as Corey Ventura said in, in, in his interview on the podium on Sunday, you know, people, I don't think people show enough respect to the Twins Cup. This is, this is exactly what Corey said. He goes, I mean, th- th- these guys are flying. It's a great series. And, and knowing that the talent that was going to be in that Twins Cup is, was what helped us make our, our decision on entering it. And the, Again, not, not to repeat what we talked about the R7, we know what happened with the build itself. But if I mean, if you're asking me where I think the the, the super sport package is going, I mean, is there, are there is there going to be any more changes in it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I to be honest with you, I'm I'm surprised at how how fast the R sixes are are flying against the likes of the seven fifty and and uh, and Josh Heron's This yep. But then they are they are dumbing them bikes down quite a bit, you know. I mean, I think the. I'm not sure, but I think the numbers on the Panigale are they restricted to and half grand, maybe, or is it less? I don't know. I'm Not 100% sure on the numbers. And uh, the same with the the 750 is restricted. I mean, Jesse will tell you that the, Jesse will tell you that the 600 is is based on the restrictions on the 750. He's got more power, but they're talking about torque curves on the 750, and I mean, I when when the whole thing was was. Being put together and thought up by whoever thought it up, to be honest with you, I couldn't understand what what the, the, the logic of it was. I mean, we've always we've always watched racing like, since the early AMA to now, and, and like Super Sport has been a 600 series, you know. So, I don't, I, is there something I don't know about next year yet? I don't know. Is there going to be a big announcement in in uh, 600s? I don't know. I don't know if I heard a rumor, Rumor, rumors are rumors, but I did hear something about possibly the 600 being a one-hour race once a weekend and not a two-race two event. Did you guys hear anything like that? No. no, no. That's interesting.
2: Wow. No, I, I haven't heard. I
0: haven't, there's, a, there's a little bit of rumor brewing there. Put that out there. That's cool. I, don't that was mentioned. I don't know if that was mentioned or said or someone thought it might be a good idea to have, you know, one hour race instead of two, two half hour races. I, 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 there's a lot of stuff that I don't understand that's going on over there. Not, and I don't want to get into it. I complain a lot about it. But I mean between the you know the hooligan stuff and the baggers and the Royal Enfield stuff. I mean, I don't know. I mean to me to me it's super bike, super sport, and everything else is kind of secondary. But I, I think the twins guys get a bad shape because at the end of the day, there's a lot of season entries in that Twins Cup, you know, and, and a lot of single weekend races, like sing, single race weekends, you know, which I think is a bit unfair. But again, I've, I've mentioned it, I've, voiced, I've expressed my opinion, which I'm not shy about doing, as you know, and I've been told, I've been told that it's been addressed and that obviously I'm not the only person that, that's not happy about, especially like the East Coast teams that, you know, you've got guys that are... That are no, they're putting every last penny they got into this. And they're dragging a bike out to California for one race. You know, that's a bit unfair. You know, there's, there's some small guys out there that are genuinely, you know, putting, putting their heart and souls into this. And, and, I mean, I'll give Chris Parrish a mention. Chris is a, he's a, he's a trooper. But, I mean, yeah, you, can, you can expect Chris to drag his stuff over to the West Coast for, for, for this one-race stuff, you know what I mean? Right. But, I mean, I, I – I don't know. The, everyone sees different problems with different things. I don't think there's a lot of problems in Moto America. I think there's it has the potential to be great again. not that it's not great now, but obviously, it, everything. You're, everyone's opinion of what Moto America is, especially as an owner of a team, working with working in a series, is based on the series they're in. Right. Know? Like I'm sure the Bagger guys think this is a great old hoop, you know. And obviously, it's it's a marketable thing. It's working for them. We've got a lot of fans that are coming out to watch it. I mean, my buddy was up in the corkscrew for, for the bagger race. He was like, the whole place was covered in Harley deals. It was like insane. It was like, it was like walking into a Harley festival. Yeah. They, were, they were up in the woods in the corkscrew. There was a bunch of dudes up there watching, and that's great, you know. But it can't be just whatever gets people in the door. You know, it's got to be, you know, it's... Again, I don't want to start getting opinionated and having to face the rot of people later on. But <laughs> I mean, the... the, the I don't know. Are they, doing, are they doing the Royal Enfield thing again next year? I'm not even sure if they're doing it. Yeah, I don't think that's been decided yet. Right. But I, I mean, I heard something at the track. Again, I don't know how true it is, and I don't want to be putting out words, but I mean, I, I, I heard that, they, that I don't know that Kaylee is going to be going back to that, because she's kind of walking away with it.
1: Like, <laughs> Which hey, yeah, you mentioned Kaylee. Kaylee Bike. Hey, um, yeah, like I mean, I sponsor Kaylee. She called me up. And she um, goes, yeah, that's your girl. Talk about, talk no, about her a little bit.
0: Yeah, Kaylee's a sweetheart. And I mean, when we I worked with Ryan in the Twins couple, a couple of years back when he had a bad crash up, I think we were at the time that that was the ridge we were at. But uh, at the time Ed was working with him at Kay and, and Kaylee and Ed were where they would hang out together, and Kaylee would end up coming to she she was quite careful just doing stuff and being on the team and she come on a shirt and work away. So when she got invited to, uh, to go to Royal Enfield, you know, she, she approached me and I said, yeah, I can help you out. So we, I think we got her, myself and Mike, we got her a name solo. And then we also threw I think we took her some tire money and stuff like that. But I mean, she's having a great year. She's flying in that series, but then I think she's been told and I don't know that it was by Moto America. I think it was more by Royal Enfield that, that, I mean, she's not, she, I think she's going to win the title. I don't want to put a bad look on her, but I, I don't see her not winning it. But that she's not going to be invited back. I don't know if she's going to defend her title, which, I mean, it, I think if they're, going to, they're going the wrong way. Instead of getting better riders, they're taking out the best rider. So essentially, I think they're going to make the series weaker.
1: Well, I mean, we saw that happen last year because CJ Lakash, you know, did was the dominant force last year, even more so than probably Kaylee. And I know Kaylee's winning all the races, but I'm just saying there are a couple riders that are close to her. CJ just destroyed everybody. And I don't know the situation on that. I don't know if she was not asked to be back or she didn't want to be back. We don't know the answer to that. But theoretically or rightfully, she should have come back with the number one plate. And it would have been interesting to see CJ versus uh, Kaylee as well as 100%, the other riders. hundred
0: percent yeah. I mean, and no disrespect to any of the girls out there doing it, but I know that there is a couple of girls in there that are way off the pace. I mean, yeah. Talking about 10% rule, you, you could get into the 20% rule and they're not going to make it, you know? And and right. if if that's the case and the option is to get out the faster riders to make it a slower series, then you know what? Just just don't do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think they're probably I think they probably look at it as a series for for Royal Enfield, where they can just bring new people in all the time, you know, and that that's where the build, train, race part of it comes in. You know, they they bring new people in, they they build the bikes, they they learn how to ride, and and this and that. So it's more of a a true beginner series. But I, you know, that's just me talking. I, I don't know. No, no, that.
0: no. Listen, I understand. Yeah, no, I I agree with you hundred percent. But is that something that should be at North America and not somewhere else, at CCS or where or something? I don't know. Right. And if this is a top tier, this is the top. Racing in
2: the
0: country. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's more important to showcase the kids on the old Valleys than it is to do that kind of stuff. I mean, I went over, I actually went over and I watched the kids in, in the, I actually didn't get to see the bigger race, but I watched the kids and I think it was, is it 110, 150, and 190 in the old Valley series? Yeah, 110,
1: 110 160. 160, and 190. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah the I, I actually got to see the 110 kids only because my time was dry. I had to. I had to go and do something. But there was, there was one or two kids out there and they were using all the track and they were, one kid's helmet was bigger than his body. He was huge. I don't know who it was. He was a kid with the matte black helmet. And the helmet was the size of the tank on the bike. But this kid was flying. Um, and I know the kids in the bigger than the 190 series are flying. And I, and I honestly believe, and it's no disrespect to, to Kaylee, obviously she's one of my own girls, or any of the girls in, in that series, or Royal Enfield. But I, I think it's a lot more important to show younger, real talent coming up in the ranks on your valleys going up to maybe the Junior Cup. than than this Royal Enfield team, which, you know, I I don't understand it. I mean, I know that there is some kind of connection. I see Royal Enfield are over there doing some of the flat track and stuff with missions. So maybe it's a whole, maybe there's something more to it that we don't know. I don't know.
1: You know, Colin, it's interesting that you were over there looking at the mini cup riders. So were you looking for kind of the next rider on your team? And with that in mind, can you tell us, why, do you, why are you involved in racing? I mean, tell us about your background with regard to that, if you, if you could. Well,
0: um, I've always been, I mean, I've always been a motorcycle head myself as a kid. I mean, I probably I was 12 years old, and I'm going to tell my age, you know, probably 78 or 77 78, I think went to Scarry's to see Joey Dunlop road races, and, and it was, like, hooked. I mean, I never I never. I never had any money in Ireland growing up, any because and it wasn't that I came from any kind of a poor background. It's just that nobody did. No one, no, no one could really afford uh, to have new bikes. But I had, a, I had a, my first bike was probably a, I think it was seventy six AS three. Yamaha had one two five twin, a couple of DTs. I didn't have any real bikes when I came here. And um, didn't really get back into it when I got over here. I kind of got stuck into working and 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 kind of planting a foundation for myself. And then I'm going to say in the late 90s, I went out to Pocono and I met up with uh, Team Promotion, who was was probably the premier number one East Coast track track day crowd at the time. And I just did a load of riding with them. I ended up in in the expert group. I, I was actually involved in starting. They have a thing called Team Promotion GP Series, which is an actual race in the middle of the day. And it's for the coaches and I was involved because I, I, I did a bit at the end of it, I, I was doing some guest coaching. I wasn't full-time coaching with them, but uh, I was involved in, in uh, that GP series, that team promotion race. I actually was in the, the, the first one that we had at Pocono East. Um, and then I, I remember I had a bad crash going up through, up the hill to turn eight, nine on an R1 at VIR and it banged me up a bit. And I stayed off the track for a couple of years, came back, got on an R6, was like, nah, this is not for me. Didn't didn't do any for a while. And then I heard that uh, Guy Martin was coming over here in 2014 to do Pike's Peak. And I went, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and enter Pike's Peak and, and do this. And I actually I, I got got the expert license sorted out. I got the entry because if that Pike's Peak is invitation only. They accepted my, they invited me, and then three weeks before the event in 2014, which I got to confess, I was only going out there because I wanted to race against the English guy, Guy Martin, who was on some ridiculous Gixxer turbo, it turned out, at the end. But I I crashed (laughs) up in Western Pennsylvania and shattered my clavicle. So I uh, stumbled home, limped home to New York, had surgery, but I did it in 2015. I I got to do Pikes Peak, which was a, a great, great adventure and um, unfortunately Carl Sorensen one of the guys got killed on the Thursday which kind of made the whole thing a bit bizarre but I met a great bunch of dudes over there and it kind of got me back into hanging out with the, with the, the race community again I guess and then Brian McGlade who was a twins rider he's a buddy of mine I think, I think it was Brian that told me that he saw this, this kid uh, down and flying around on a bike to Pittsburgh I think it was and uh, I went down on it and I watched the kids somewhere else. I think I, I may, it might've been the same weekend I went down, but then I approached the father and I, and I started, the, that's when I got back to it. Not, not directly being on a bike, but to, to be part of, You know, I, the construction company was doing well, everything was okay, had a few books. I said, you know what, let me help, help out a kid. It's, that's another thing that's important. And, and a lot of people don't realize is that there's a, there's a lot more fast kids out there that are broke than there is rich kids that are fast.
2: Yeah, got that right
0: it's so important for, for, for people to, to help out young talent. And, and that's why it's so important for us to showcase, you know, it's really, really important for us to, to, to have to teach, especially our Valley stuff and the junior cup stuff, you know, cause there's, I, I know that there's 50% of these, these kids that are out there, there's no way they could do it without sponsorship. So, and, 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 you can't just be word of mouth. It can't be, hey, my kid's fast. You've got to be able to say, hey, come I mean, put it this way. I mean, I've got whatever. I've got two season entries this year and I got a bunch of, I've got a bunch of weekend passes left over. I'm going to invite a bunch of people to Jersey because it's my local track. And, and hopefully, and it's not just about seeing Dom, it's about seeing other, the Junior Cup kids, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Spencer, Spencer Humphreys, Tyler Humphries, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's riding our 400 there. Because unfortunately, Levy Baddy, who was on our Junior Cup program, they had a problem with sponsorship and they, they couldn't finish the end of the season. They just, they just run out of money. But, you know, I'm inviting people that I could, I see that could be potential sponsors and I want them to see, you know, kids like, like Spencer, Spencer Humphries and any kid
2: that's out there in the junior cup that could, that could do assistance, you know? All right. Well, I want the, you bring up New Jersey and it's a good point for us to change the subject a little bit. I know you're you're very proud of of your Wounded Warriors program, and, and rightfully so. So, we, you know, with with New Jersey coming up there, what, why don't you give us a little idea of what that's all about? Right. Well, I've
0: always I've always been uh, I've always uh, had a spot for it as far as military, especially military coming back from overseas, and um, I think it's very very hard, and I think it's very it's very hard on them, but it's also very important for. A, I think there's a whole, probably not just one generation, probably two generations of kids that that I'm not going to say have no respect. I just think they don't even know that it's going on because it's 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 secondary to the the lives they lead leading in, in this dot com, Facebook, TikTok, all this other horseshit world that they're living off living in. And I I think it's very important that young people realise that, and I don't want to get too to uh, I don't know what the world will be, but the, the reality of it is, is, freedom isn't free. There's there's a bunch of dudes out there, it's, and whether it's army, navy, air force, they're going overseas, and and they're they're they're, they're not they're over there protecting the freedom that people have here, and then, and, and the kids don't realise that, and I think it's very important that that they do realise that. I mean, a country like America that hasn't been hasn't had soldiers hasn't not had soldiers deployed internationally in probably since Korea, right? I mean, I don't know that there be anything wrong with this country having a conscription, quite honest with you. Not to get too military or gung ho about it, but I mean, they've got, they've got a monster welfare system that, that, that spends a lot of money but How about putting kids into the, the army for a couple of years? I mean, most of Central South American countries do it. A lot of European countries do it. There's nothing wrong with it, right? But that being said, and I don't want to get too far off the, off, off the track, but as far as the of Warriors goes, I think, I think it's very important that, that young people know what the likes of the Wounded worry is about. And then the weekend at New Jersey, last year was very special because it was the actual 20th anniversary. And I met with Nicole and, and we, we, did, we had a great, I think we had a, a really good celebration of it. And we put on a good uh, a tribute to, you know, to 9-11. And this year we're doing uh, the Answer the Call Foundation, which is also the NYPD, FDNY, uh, widows and orphans fund. We're going to do, we're going to do a fundraiser with that in conjunction with the wounded warriors. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much what the wounded Warriors stuff is about.
1: Hey Colin, one of the, one of the things we bypassed a little bit, and I, I mentioned at the top, it's something, one part of you that I don't personally know a lot about and it's, you know, it's the Bartcon construction part of it. You mentioned coming over here um, to, from Ireland, uh, but Tell us about what your business is. What kind of construction do you do in New York City? Is it commercial buildings? I mean, what, what is, what's the extent of your, your company? Yeah, yeah, it's mostly,
0: it's, I, I, I essentially do like drywall, framing, ceilings, and plaster, and mostly, mostly commercial space. Yeah. I mean, typically, like in, 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 a, in a commercial building, it could be anything from an accountant chair for a law office to I mean, back in the 90s, when I started in this business working for a much bigger company, as a, as a I started off as a super. It was just law firms and big ass firms that had huge footprints, like 15,000, 20,000 square foot footprints, like bigger, even bigger stuff, like the MetLife building and these, like the World Trade Center had clients in there, the Oppenheimer Fund. But back then, like a lot of these companies don't even exist anymore. So it's, just so, it's a much smaller market. But I'm, I'd be a subcontractor for a bigger GC which is the carpentry package, drywall and ceilings. So, yeah, it's, mo- it's, it's a lot of, although I've done a lot of, fair bit of retail and some restaurants, I've done some really cool jobs. I mean, I, I don't like the, just the, the regular cookie-cutter typical law firms or accountancy firms or whatever, like just open space, commercial spaces, you know, they just don't do it. Like, it's just no, no challenge in it. Whereas if you do a high-end restaurant, a nightclub or something like that, I've done a couple. I did the Horseshoe Lounge, which is underneath the Parliament Hotel, in forty six and eight. I did Le Jardin, which is a French restaurant in Lexington. I did that with a good client of mine last year. But I like jobs like that. So yeah, drywall ceilings and high end plasters and stuff like that.
1: How does your business does, does it is it kind of is it word of mouth is it refer, ref, referrals? I mean, do you just go from one job to another without a lot of you know? You just keep keep it going that way, or how, how does it work?
0: Well, it's, it's usually, I mean, I'd like to think that it's, it's, it's return, you know, it's return clients, you know, it's, it's, I work for two or three different GCs and a couple of clients direct and, you know, you, you do a good job and, and the client calls you back to do more of it, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, that's the big, the best form of advertising there is, is just, if you do a good job, they're going to just keep, keep having you there. Plus they're going to tell other people involved. So Yeah. That, well, that, well that would, I mean,
0: it doesn't believe it or not. In I've you've never seen Barton Construction is not written on any of the bikes. It's Barton Racing, right? That's right. <laughs> and, that's right. But I, I, you know, I've never actually. Uh, I just with Barton Racing, and, and that was another reason. By the way, going back to the Wonder Warrior thing, is that I wasn't. I, I was. I was pretty much the sole sponsor of the team. So. You know, I wanted to put something on the bike that it was, it, was, it, was, it was there for some people to see. And I think the Wounded Warrior Project was a great logo. I liked it. I knew the guy, John Amray, who's a buddy, has become a good friend of mine, and Nancy and Adrian over at the Wounded Warrior office. Great people. But it's, it's something that I, I, I proudly have it on my company van and we have it on our bikes. Yeah, the Wounded Warrior Project. And um, again, the reason I'm bringing it up again is because there, there is no logo for me essentially advertising advertising anyone's business bar, bar like Mike Strong Racing, Mike Skronic, our crew chief and, and engine builder, you know, um, but every, everyone kind of knows who Mike is and Dr. D, obviously. Right. Mark Dugatowski who's one of our main sponsors, a great guy, we couldn't do it without him. Mark, uh, Mark was working with a different firm and he has since got away from them and he's on his own, so I was saying, well, how am I going to put your name on the bike? And I, it was me by the way, that came up with Doctor D, which is now on the bike. Which is it's Mark's last name, Dugatowski. And I hope, I, hope, I hope I'm not destroying and saying it wrong, but so Doctor D on the bike, and I kind of robbed Valentino Rossi's font. But <laughs> when he saw, I thought it was Doctor D, as in as in what Dominic Doctor Doyle. But it's not, right. It's not. It's Doctor D, Mark Dugatowski. He's a great guy. I actually, Mark got introduced to me by Justin down at Dustin down in.
1: Um, in Indianapolis a year before last that was a year before I remember we talked about Dr. D and I had to get with you to figure out how to spell his name properly because I was a little bit off when I first tried to do I tried to do it phonetically with an Irishman giving me his, the pronunciation so I, I think I was a little off with that but I finally got yeah. it right and even
0: if you have it spelt in front of you, it's a mouthful just to say it. It, it is our I, I mean, it's it the Katowski, the Katowski. right that's right um, gonna, you know he's going to listen to his podcast and call me and correct me or maybe he'll say high five
1: <laughs> I just call him Mark <laughs> hey so we're going to get ready to wrap up here but before we do I want to talk about so you've been involved obviously in Junior Cup your Twins Cup now um, you've been involved in Super Sport you know, what, what's ahead for Bartcon racing in the future uh, with Dominic or with, with the team? Are you going to, you know, what's, what's on the horizon, even as early as next year down the road from that, what, what do we, what can we see from, from your team in the future?
0: And That's that's something right now that's very much up in the air. and, And I'm saying that to be very, very, very frank with you in the sense of, I, I made I made a point of saying to Dom and Mike that we're not we're not going to make the mistake we made last year and 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 leave it too late to to have a game plan or to make make a firm decision of what we're doing. That being said, um I think it was very important for us to get that bike right for Dom to, to fly on it and um, for the last three rounds, which was Pittsburgh just gone and next year, Jersey and and Barber. I think the bike, the bike's right where it where it should have been, obviously earlier and, and that's not fault, fault of Dominic's at all. But I think the bike's up to pace. Dominic can, I mean, to be honest, you, Dominic can ride anything. He really can. He really, really can. And, and that's why I kind of took advantage of, of Jess. I mean, I was probably going to go to Jess as much as Jess coming to me, especially, I, I think I might have even called Jess when we knew that we weren't going to be at Brainerd. And I called up, I might. Have, I think I called Jess actually. It was he didn't call me, and I said, "Listen, Jess, you know, can you can you uh, what about Dom riding? What do you think about Dom riding your bike at Brainerd? Because we're, we're we're limping home with the R7s. So it was, it was, don't forget that we were leaving the West Coast and we had to get back to PA, rebuild two complete bikes. Two complete bikes we had because he high sided coming down the hill too at a, at Brainerd and, and destroyed one of the bikes, and so. Not to lose some train of thought there. Oh, yeah. So, so I actually, it was me that called Jesse and said, what, what do you think of, or of Dom riding, riding when you're 600 at, at Brainerd? And then Jess said, yeah, let's, let's do it. And now it's become, I think he's probably going to do the same thing at, at Jersey and at, at Barber. I don't think there's any reason why he won't. As far as next year is going, we don't know. I, I'm pretty sure we're not going to be doing anything the Junior Cup next year. And um, it, I'd, like to, I'd like to think that the next couple of rounds is going to help us make a decision on what's best for Dominic. Because at the end of the year, um, you know, I, 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 I love Dominic like my own son. I really do. And I, but I can't, I'm not going to hold him back and, and say, listen, this is what we're doing next year. We, we have to sit around together and, and say, this is what we want to do. And is it feasible? And at the end of the day, it's all about money. I mean, if we were to go, if for argument's sake, if we were to go back to a super sport or even a stock one thousand program, that's a huge chunk of change just to build on bikes before the season even starts. A huge chunk of change, and you know we have we have a full or seven program, twins cup. Don't know whether someone would come on board and and race for us in that, or we might might try and move that whole package. For the sake of, of raising money to put some other program together, you know we've a lot we've a lot we've a lot to think about. To be honest with you, over the next four to six weeks, but you know hopefully again Dominic Dominic could do well on the six hundred super sport. Maybe someone maybe I can get someone to see him and, and 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 get involved with us and say listen we'd like to help out. You know, like I said, yeah. do a complete program from scratch to become and we're by the way and Dominic Doyle. And, and this it is no disrespect to anybody else that's out there racing. And, and I'm not boasting about my kid because he's my kid. But if you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not, he's not a filler. He's not a, he's not a 10th place to 20th place
1: rider. He's a top five rider. Right. So that's kind of the way Paul and I, I mean, not like I was saying, we would see that with him. And, you know, when he first came into the country and was racing, we were like, you know, you could see the kid was special, so. And the reason I'm saying that
0: is because you can't, you can't cut corners or, or or you got to go to full hog if you're going to build a program to put Dom on a bike. That's right. He's got to be out there on, 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 on a super competitive bike or, or not do it at all, you know? So again, we, I mean, myself and Mike, myself and Mike are working on talking with a few different people about hopefully getting some financial assistance for next season. And, and if, if it comes down to it that we can't make it work financially, then we'll, we'll obviously do whatever's best for Dom and, and, and try and hook him up with, with a really, really good package with somebody else, you know?
1: Yeah. That obviously, sounds good. Obviously,
0: obviously, I would love nothing better then for Dominic to, to to be wearing letters with my name with Barcon Racing on him next year. But if it's not in the best interest of, of if it's not in, in in the best interest of Dominic's career and future, and it's also a headache, and let me be selfish, if it's if it's if it's a pain in the ass for me, then it's, it's for anyone, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That sounds good. So we'll wait and see on that. And one thing that's good with you, Colin, is you keep us kind of informed on what's going on with your team. And we usually try to help you get the word out on what's happening. So we no, wish- no, I, I
0: really appreciate it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we wish you luck and wish Dominic luck for, you know, the remainder of the season and certainly going into your home track here at New Jersey um, and, and all that you do with Wounded Warriors project and, uh, um, thank you for being on with Paul and I. It's high time that we got you on. We knew we'd have a good time with you. You're a colorful uh, guy. Uh, and I always say the guy puts a lot of love into the F-bombs that he drops when he talks. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm a little disappointed. I, I was hoping for more. <laughs> oh, you want hey, you, I got half an hour. You want to do a quick read one? I think, he's, uh, I think he's, he's barely ahead of Chuck. I'm already barely ahead of
0: Chuckie Kettle? Yeah. Hold on, give me five minutes.
1: <laughs> Challenge accepted. Hold my hold my Irish beer, right? So <laughs> anyway, but no, seriously, Colin, thank you for being on with us. Um, thanks, and Dave, uh thanks, thanks a lot for having us, guys. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, it. Thank we'll, you. Uh, we'll look to see in a couple of weeks or with and when we get down to New Jersey and we'll wrap this season up in, in, a, in a, the best way possible. So right. anyway, 100 no, percent yeah, and all the fans out there, we're looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, hopefully, you'll be at our next two rounds, one or, bo- one or both of them, if you can do it. And uh, we'll look for you there. And we're going to keep bringing this podcast to you every week, Off Track with Brothers and Vice. Thank you uh, again, Colin, for joining us. And thank the fans for being on with us. Thanks, all guys. All right, guys. Be safe. De- cheers. <laughs>